Today is the feast day in the church of Mary, the mother of God. Now, most Catholics grow up with Mary as a key figure in the life of the church, and many just never think about it. It's assumed, it's what they've heard all their lives, and that can be not such a good thing if you never think about it if you do not understand why Mary is so important. But I come from the other end of the continuum uh, because most of my evangelical life, um, I thought as many evangelical Christians that, that Catholics worship Mary. And so other than just a brief cameo appearance at Christmas, we mostly ignored and sometimes really avoided Mary in order to avoid that Catholic era, you know. And uh, that was part of my journey, and one of the biggest hurdles for me as I moved toward Catholic faith was the person and the place of Mary. Well, Mary as the mother of God is the first Marian dogma of the church, and it goes back to 431 A.D., at the Ecumenical Council of Ephesus. It raised the question whether Mary was appropriately called Theotokos, a Greek word meaning bearer of God, because there was a popular teacher by the name of Nestorius who did not want to give Mary that title, preferring to call her uh, Christokos, bearer of Christ, because Nestorius wanted to separate the divinity and the humanity of Jesus. The Council of Ephesus said that this destroyed Jesus as one individual person, and so Nestorius and his teaching was declared heretical, and Mary was formally given the title Theotokos, God-bearer, and that is an orthodox way to describe Mary. Now, this was not meant so much to exalt Mary as it was to assert the unity of the humanity and divinity of her son. Because when Marian teachings are properly understood, they're really about Jesus. We use this God-bearer language for the mother of Jesus to confess who Jesus really is the beloved son of the father, born of a woman, as Paul wrote to the Galatians, God manifested in the flesh, as Paul wrote to Timothy, and yet implicit in that is indeed a great honor for Mary. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Mary says in the Magnificat, all generations will call me blessed. Now, there came a point where I truly saw that for the first time, and it was with a shocking realization because the Christian tradition that had formed me had not taught me to call Mary blessed. It was a hard pill for me to swallow at that time when it first dawned on me that it was Catholic tradition that had fulfilled this this prophecy of Mary that was given to us through Luke. One of the objections from my past was an argument that Mary just does not have prominence in the New Testament. 
She has little role in the book of Acts. She's not mentioned uh, much, hardly, in the epistles. And what is ignored there is the implication of the early chapters of Luke's gospel. Where did the details of of, of those stories come from if not from Mary herself? One vignette after another that shows that Luke, in composing his gospel, had sat at the feet of Mary, inspired by the Holy Spirit to do so, and recorded her ponderings so that we have those stories in Scripture today. Now, if we take that premise, then we have in Mary a very important figure in the soar, as a source of authority for these early Jesus stories. She has stored these memories in her heart. She is highly revered in the church. They listen to what she has said. And after she was taken to heaven and the church was facing great persecution, there was a greater and greater emphasis on the memory of the holy people who had helped form the church. And so from the very beginning, Mary was uniquely remembered as the virgin in whom the Holy Spirit conceived our incarnate Lord. That became the apostolic tradition that guided the council of Ephesus. So we have this declaration that Mary is the Theotokos, the mother of God. But that does not say that Mary is divine. It's primarily about Jesus. Jesus took his human flesh from his mother. The church clearly teaches, always taught, that Mary is not divine. She is human, a a creature uh, created like us by God. When we come to faith in Jesus, we are adopted so that Jesus becomes our older brother and Mary becomes our mother. Then we are all one in Christ in what is called the mystical body, and this body, of course, has different parts, different roles, different gifts. Not everyone does the same thing, and Mary has a special role. She is mother because she is literally the mother of Jesus' physical body, And as we are joined to Christ through the Holy Spirit as his mystical body, she becomes our mother. Jesus on the cross explicitly gave his mother to his disciple and implicitly to the whole church. So everything about Mary is connected to the communion of saints. And as Catholic piety began to develop and grow, Mary's role as an intercessor became important as early as the second century. And yet this in itself became another major problem in my former tradition. The big question was, how can Mary not be ascribed divine powers if she is constantly able to hear millions of individual prayers all around the world? That's beyond human. But then a wonderful analogy came to me. Facebook. 
You know, it's possible to have a friend on Facebook who has thousands of other friends. And that friend can have other friends tell him their fears and their woes. And how does this miracle happen? Through the internet. Now, I do not mean this in any way disrespectfully, but the internet functions something like the Holy Spirit. The internet is everywhere. The internet can deliver messages like the speed of light. A Facebook friend does not have that power in himself, but it's available. It's that way with prayer. The vehicle in prayer is always God. We pray in and through the Holy Spirit. But because every Christian is a partaker of the Spirit, and because physical death does not sever the bond that all Christians have in the Spirit, there is a communion of saints, and at the pinnacle of all the saints is Mary, the mother of God. No other human being has greater intimacy with Jesus than Mary. And so she's a powerful intercessor, and in the Spirit, we can ask for her to pray for us just as we ask a dear friend to pray for us. But there's a caution here. Even as we honor Mary as the mother of God, as we seek her motherly aid, we need to remember that Mary is not the source of holiness, of love, of mercy. These things come first from God. Now, God's people can have those qualities derivatively as gifts of grace. And so, let's never think that Mary has more mercy than Jesus. But among all the people of God, among all the saints, no one has greater fullness of grace than Mary. She's first in the church. She's first among the saints. She alone gave flesh to the eternal word. And in so doing became the very mother of God. And in that grace, from the very words of Jesus on the cross, behold, your mother, she is our mother too. And so we pray with the church, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us.